0: Welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with Lionel Riley, who is going to come on today and give us his dynamic faith journey uh, and his upbringing of being a Catholic. In addition, he's going to share some vital work that he does in his local community regarding um, fighting environmental racism and advocating for American descendants of slavery Uh, in America. So thank you for coming on and sharing this crucial information uh, today with us.
1: Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, It's my pleasure. Um, Yeah, Um, my name is Lionel Raleigh once again. Uh, I am uh, what you consider as uh, uh, ADOS. I am part of a political movement that is anchored in lineage. Uh, It's called American Descendant of Slavery. Uh, the co-founders are Yvette Carnell and, and Antonio Moore. Uh, we have sparked the conversation of reparations in the media. So we are anchored in 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 politics. Okay. So what we're doing is we're trying to get the the descendants of slavery in this country, specifically black people who are descended of this country, we're we're fighting for the reparations that is, uh, which is a a due to the citizens who built this country, whose ancestors built this country. So when we are don't, talking don't, about, don't spill, don't spill the juice yet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: It, you go. You already gave the intro. I was gonna okay. say. I, I was gonna say I'll add more, but you said. Okay.
1: But you okay, captured what it beautifully.
0: <laughs> 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 From what I know, and you told me, you know, your whole family for centuries have been Catholic. So um, tell me about your Catholic upbringing. Like, how was it growing up, middle life into now?
1: Uh, Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Um, The community I grew up in, a lot of the Blacks here was Catholic. Louisiana has a huge population of uh, Black Catholics. And um, I grew up in a historical Black Catholic parish church uh, for the most. Uh, You know, my grandmother my mom's mother, who was a staunch Catholic, (laughs) she's, uh, she always, uh, you know, engraved in our heads, like, you know, this is what Catholics do. This is what Catholics uh, are about, you know, growing up, um, you know, Louisiana always had every, you know, it's a traditional Catholic state. So like, instead of, we don't even call our uh, divisions, counties, we call them parishes. So that Catholic influence has always been there, And on my mom, mother's side, uh, she's, I would consider my non-Adol's grandparent, because her lineage is from the Cape Verde Islands. And within that country, their their history with the Catholic Church has always been there since the late 1400s to early 1500s. So my Catholic experience has been always anchored in my whole entire life, through my whole entire family for generations. With my Catholic uh, upbringing Uh, It was always interesting. It was always a beautiful experience that I always had because with the holiday traditions, with the community, with our uh, parachurch, you know, it was always centered around community and love. So, you know, as a kid, as I was getting older, you know, I was getting more into much of my faith and learning more about God and learning about, you know, the duties as a Christian and as a Catholic. And also as a black Catholic, you know, to help my people and to give love for them. And, you know, and, and it's a duty, you know, you know, preach about being saints, you know, for, our, you know, for our people. So that was my journey. My grandmother, who was a, a person who was always looking out for people that, you know, inspired me to uh, continue to do the work of what my grandmother always said. She helped the homeless She took in strangers and, you know, and what I'm doing is to continue that legacy and that role of, you know, being a Catholic and not just a Catholic, but just, you know, you know, a Christian, you know, like I say, to help out, you know, people. So my Catholic upbringing affected my knowledge, my strength and my, you know, my power to do what I do best. All right. So.
0: You know, in your you know faith journey, it sounds like you had a lot of influential people, like especially your your grandmother and grandparents. Were there any specific? I mean, any other influential figures or teachings or saints that have like impacted your faith a lot? Uh,
1: um, uh, Harry Annette out of New Orleans, who was a uh, who's I think should be a, 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 a official Catholic saint. But uh, her story is one of my uh, inspirational stories because one, she's from New Orleans, where I'm from. Uh, she's also what she did during the time period, which was during slavery. She believed that you know black children and black people should have the rights have an education and to worship in the church. And like I say, she was uh, you know, like I say, she was the most one of the most inspirational people I know, which was from home and she t- and it, her teachings was very you know, inspiring. So, uh, and also um, the Black Catholic history here in Louisiana was always inspirational of, of the numerous of Black Catholics have uh, have impacted, you know, in Louisiana politically, spiritually. Uh, you also think about uh, you know, their roles in the church and you know the Black Catholic church and what they have went through, and especially my parish church a uh, little history uh uh after emancipation there was a catholic church called St. Peter's up in Preserve, Louisiana. in um, 1875 was built. Um, a lot of the black parishioners were always you know discriminated within the church. So about in the 1930s, the black parishioners wanted to, you know, have a parish of their own so they can, you know, uh, you know, come together and congregate and uh, worship, you know, without being anything that's hostile. So, so in 1937, the Catholic church was approved by some black nuns. So Joseph Knights, uh, the archdiocese of, uh, of new Orleans. So it has always been, uh, a historical black Catholic church, you know, in this area. And it's just one of the oldest and surviving black Catholic churches, uh, outside of the city of new Orleans. So that community, that parish, you know, you know, that has been in in my community for so long has always inspired me to do great. So, yeah.
0: It must be really um, enriching to have such a, a long history, like writing your grass that you can go to and mm-hmm. find that strength. So that must be yeah. uh, a really remarkable experience for you.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it has. It always has, Um, you know, you know, I, you know, you know, we've been chatting a bit. So I was telling you about All Saints Day, you know, here in Louisiana, that was, that's a big tradition. Uh, We go to the grave, you know, clean it up, paint it, uh, decorate it up for, you know, our relatives. So that was a tradition that, you know, my grandparents, you know, engraved in me as a role as a Catholic. And then also it it gives me the insight of knowing where I come from, you know, my history, you know. Not just you know just a black Catholic, but you know a black man in this country, you know, with everything that's going on and all the the madness that we're going through uh these racial injustices that we're facing so uh so my faith always keeps me ahead of everything so but yeah, that's basically you know how I got my my Catholic journeys rolling. <laughs> So you've always been a
0: Catholic and, you know, you have a rich history in your family about Mm -hmm. Catholic history. So what would you say to Mm -hmm. somebody who is, you know, want to want to come to Catholic church or is possibly like exploring that as an option?
1: Um, like I said, you know, do your research, get to know some, uh, you know, people who is in the faith, get to know uh, if you feel like that you connect to that uh, spiritually go for it, you know, and uh, knock it out, you know, do some research, uh, you know, learn more about it. Um, you know, just basically simple thing, you know, just, and find and find a uh, a, a parish that, you know, you feel, uh, affiliated comfortably with. So, you know, if there's always a catholic church somewhere for you to find and to, you know, feel comfortable at. So uh, basically that's what I'll tell anyone.
0: I think, uh, like having a a parish home i mean when i was a protestant we used to always talk about church homes mm-hmm. and so church home is something that's like super nourishing right um you know it feels welcoming everybody is like exactly community and so i think definitely that's a good piece of advice you know find a community or a parish that you feel you know most connected with
1: and and uh and, and not i'm sorry but uh that's one of the things where adus have um Spoke about you know there's five pillars in the black community. One is media, two is your politics, three is the black family, four is the educational institution like universities and colleges, and the fifth is like the church or the religious institutions. You know, Uh, so and the church you know for us African American or adults in this country. regardless, you know, with religion, especially with black Catholics, you know, that was a center for us to, you know, congregate and put our, you know, our like minds together, our intellectual thoughts and how we move and what we as people, I think we could need to go back a little bit more to that and, you know, use the, our, our religious institutions to advocate for, you know, politics for you know activism so we need that church to be anchored and we could have advocacy and you just
0: brought us into the next part of the Mm -hmm. the discussion so you know i know um that you are like a big advocate and a big Mm -hmm. you know fighter against you know environmental racism and environmental injustice right out there in louisiana and you you know you fight for uh for the ados movement so what, Mm -hmm. what involved you or what in you know and started you to get in both of those movements like right? what started you to do that
1: well i tied my the ados movement with the environmental issue uh was going on so um i looked at my life you know uh and you know i wrote down some information um uh i co-founder antonio Moore, uh he has a video explain it's very explanatory about just general facts and it's more Data like we um, with Adols we anchored in data, we anchored in the information, and we talk about the racial wealth gap. And they say by 2053, uh, the racial wealth gap will be so wide that it will be so hard for African American or ADOS to uh, reach to that. What we're discussing is uh, with uh, ADOS, so we're trying to say that how, and I'm gonna get to the original question um there's a reason for why you see like the environmental racism that is happening in in my area and all the other you know disadvantaged groups i mean disadvantaged areas across the united states is because we have a legacy of disenfranchising our people so um when you get into the conversation about the environmental racism that we're suffering you know when you look at the the i had a map posted on my twitter page and it shows the area where i live uh there's some zones that was uh shaded in different colors and one of the areas that was shaded in red which is represented you know 700 or more people that has been diagnosed with cancer and that was due to the chemical refineries that have been placed in there and in that area that was shaded red was mostly African American ADOS so um, and then if there was another area that I circled and it was majority uh, white elite you know class people and that area was was not shaded at all so that let you know that it indicates that there is an issue so you're looking at a, a not only environmental issue, but you also looking at an environmental racism uh, issue. So in that particular area, that's where my Catholic parish is at. Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church, which is, like I said, is a historical black Catholic church. And then within those communities, there's also black parishioners who go to that church. They also have died and have cancer. And I believe that there was a, uh, uh, yeah, there was a Catholic priest that was also there at that church. He also, he was from the community. He also uh, diagnosed with cancer and died from it. So, and that area is a hot area and region for cancer. So, but when you look at what's going on, we, uh, my group, Ados New Orleans, which is my chapter, we've spoken with uh, Delton Baptiste, who was running for uh, second congressional congressman in, uh, in our area. Uh, he, as he explained to Tory, towards us about uh, what is going on. We have Cedric Richmond, who is the second congressional congressman in our area. And he was discussing that, you know, you know, we got politicians, you know, like Cedric as well too, are in a position are being paid to this day by these refinery companies. And they're not taken responsible for the, the, the plants being in these communities and having, you know, our people being in this condition like this. So our people is being, you know, we're, we're becoming sicker and sicker daily by these plant refineries. Uh, and this is not something new. This is, has been continuing on. So what we need is is policy. And that's what I'm advocating for. Policy is where these and hold things accountable as too, and policies were in place that you know, uh, that these refineries don't get to stay in these communities. Majority amongst are uh, adults African American, and the, and no more of these uh, companies are paying these uh, uh, politicians. So, so there won't be no bribing going on. So we need all, all the push of advocacy and policy to, you know, like I say, to you know, disrupt that so and if you look in, in those communities, it's one of the poorest, is one of the uh, high unemployment, COVID-19 swiped out a lot of people in this area so you already got cancer pre-health condition, COVID-19 came in, it just you know, people was losing relatives at a rapid pace, so you know we have to address that that this is more than just a, an environmental issue, but it's an environmental racism issue, and it's causing african american more than anyone so the uh so when these plant refineries, when it was building them they were they were paying off white you know white people the white Americans that were living in the area, but none of that money was distributed it wasn't paid off to the, uh, to African-Americans in the community. We, we dealt, with, so now we're dealing with uh, cancer. Now we're dealing with, like I said, unemployment. So we have to, like I say, we have to keep pushing and advocate for ourselves so that this issue doesn't exist anymore. Many people always say like, hey,
0: reparations is a form of counter progress. Why do you think reparations should be a form of um, major justice that people should
1: advocate for? I'm going to say it like this reparations is, it's, it's a, it's a justice claim. It's, it's a debt that America owes. So America gave the Japanese for their issues and they gave some native American tribes reparations. And it also gave, the Jewish uh, community here in this country, reparations. So when you look at Black America today, you look at the state of Black America with mass incarceration, uh, uh, contaminated water in Flint, uh, uh, Cancer Alley, uh, you know, the high unemployment, you know, you can go, the list goes on. So when you look at what's going on in America and we often think that when we think about reparations we think about it's just a check no reparations is a, a is a governmental program that is going to fix generations ahead so it's about repairing what america has done so people will always say well slavery was over about 200 plus years ago why are you guys are still uh you know talking about this now you know well you have to look at what came after slavery you have to look at what came uh like Jim Crow reconstruction the homestead how we were denied GI loan bills uh mass incarceration gerrymandering we got a list going on so when you look at that those uh those things that were placed in uh our way you have to think that this was they were doing this for a reason this was an institution uh this was done on a of institutional way such like uh this was to Break, this was to disenfranchise us. So when you do all this stuff, you know, every time we're trying to climb up, bam, they put this on us. Bam, they put that down on us. Now you're looking at a 250 year of slavery. When slaves after emancipation, we didn't have no capital to go to, and then Reconstruction, Jim Crow, there was ways where they were stopping at, you know, stopping us from gaining some type of access of political power, capital. We try to do the black business, we try to do uh, black capitalism, we try to do going to college, even that, that there, you know, show that if the data shows that, you know, even white uh, high school graduates are making more than black college uh, graduates with a uh, BA. So what we're saying is that we don't have wealth inheritance. Most America right now. In the future, especially millennials will be, uh, will be living off of transfer, wealth transfer, where Black America, where we're at right now, as like I explained with the uh, racial wealth gap, you know, they're going to, it's so much to catch up. So what we're saying is reparations is going to give us the advantage to, you know, close that racial wealth gap. You know, we try everything else, but reparations is something, it's a debt that is being owed But America is not, you know, it's not trying to push it. But with Adolfs, what we're doing, we have in California, with the chapters in California, they uh, pushed a bill in uh, California. So right now, you know, that giving you uh, some type of hope and indication that there there is hope to put reparations and give it to the descendants of American shadow slavery. And also for, like I say, for the Catholic Church, uh, like I say, our involvement is that, like I say, we have to get our church involved. We have to get, uh, you know, and we have to understand that, you know, that we have the black if we have the Catholic Church on our side, you know, that advocacy, the, the the political power that the Catholic Church has, and you know, and also we have to look at and you know the history of how the Catholic Church played a role through the institutional slavery as well. Not saying that Catholic Church should be paying reparation, but we should, like I said, reparation come through a government, coming from government, federal government. But we also have to look at the advocacy and acknowledge the fact that who had all participated in, the, in chattel slavery and the institutional slavery and the institutions that came after slavery that displaced Black Americans to gain such you know generational wealth and they also said that it takes five generations to build wealth and those time period of from slavery and Jim Crow, we couldn't catch up with that so um uh so right now like i said we're fighting for reparation and also we are discussing on who does get reparation so the the thing is that you know there's black people from all over the world and i think this will kind of Make Adolf a controversial group a little bit because uh we made a distinction about who's who in this country that, you know, say for instance, someone who's from the Caribbean or from Africa, yeah, they might get discriminated in say in cases such as like, oh, you know, police brutality or anything like that. But were we really saying that we have a legacy here? We have a legacy that has disenfranchised the descendants of slavery and Jim Crow. And people said, Well, there were Caribbean people living in America before 1965 and the civil rights. Well, the a lot of black immigrants, like my mom, other side of the family, they were behind the decimals, meaning that they were probably like 0.0 something percent uh of the population of black immigrants. So, and most majority of them integrated with the native black population. So what we're saying that, like, Caricom, which is in the Caribbean, so a lot of them are fighting for their reparation. So I, we have Caribbean allies. We also have other allies from, like, whites, Africans, Asians, and all over. And they have to take that up with those countries in Europe that have, you know, and like in the Caribbean. They had, uh, you know, the slavery there. They take it up with France, Great Britain, um portugal denmark etc same with africa with colonization so it's about uh, uh what your claim is it's like you know if a coke truck hit you and a pepsi truck hit me and coke owes you but uh i got hit by pepsi but i'm telling coke oh you owe me no coke owes you that's your uh That's your claim. That's what they damage you. So they're supposed to owe you back. So that's what reparation is. It's it's, it's about repairing. It's about the repairing of of a people. So, and we're pushing forward with that. And I tell people all the time, you know, to give reparations doing the political work. And that's what ADOS is. We're a political movement. And I keep on saying we're a political movement that's anchored in lineage.
0: Lastly, what influences your role as a community
1: leader? I, I think I explained it before. It's, you know, my community, you know, my family, uh, our people, you know, like I said, our history, our ancestors, you know, where we come from. Uh, I, it, that's what keeps me moving. And, and because of being a, a, a Black Catholic, you know, I think about our history in this country and 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 how will we stand in in history with during slavery, Jim Crow and so forth, and how that inspired me. So that all that I mentioned, like I said, that that keeps me motivating. So when I think about my my people, that's and what my faith including and and with and standing with Adolf's, that is my like I said, that that that's inspired me. That keeps me waking up every day. That keeps me wanna breathe and eat and sleep peacefully and and live a month, you know, with my people and keep on fighting for what was was belonged to ours. I tell people all the time, you know, um, with what's with everything going on in this country with the race issues. Uh, with the uh, with the presidential election and all the local election I, I think what people are seeing now that you know black America is we're pushing politics in another way since this has never been done and what Ados has done we have pushed a lot of people to you know do the political work that King and Malcolm and you know um all the freedom fighters that came before us. So we're picking up the tools that they uh, left off. And and I think, and and what I know, I tell people that you got to do the work. The work doesn't just show up at just at the polls on election day. Uh, You have to do the political work. You have to advocate. You have to, you know, keep politicians accountable. You have to make sure that leading up to like, let's say election day, you know, voting is the last result. That's like maybe five or less percent of what you have to do, but your work be- starts in the beginning in the process when you go vote. So, and I think that it has been, you know, a journey for us as a people and I tell people we have to fight, you know, because we come from fighters and we're survivors, descending descended from fighters. So, and I tell people all the time that you have to have, you know, the political education first to begin to have, and that's what ADOS do, do you know, that's what ADOS do. We, we advocate for um, our people for, first and, and most importantly, And when people come to us and say, well, you know, Ados is divisive because you're not including such and such. Like, no, I think everyone who comes here in this country or people who live in this country, they have set policies and politics for their group and advocate for their group. But when it comes to us, it's like when we're advocating for ourselves, it becomes a little bit of a problem. So, but that's that backlash and propaganda that has always been here since the beginning of this country with us. So... Adolph is standing up for our people, and we're pushing daily for our people to, uh, you know, be heard, you know, you know, telling people get the politics down. Uh, I tell people, know your local, uh, know your local politicians. Go to your council meeting uh, in your area. Uh, Know what laws are being passed, you know, what bills are being passed and created. And you know we have to have that understanding and knowledge about what's going on in our communities because without that, there's always going to be uh something fall back on us and it's bad and right now, what we're saying why we need reparations is because black America's on like on a cliff right now, so you know we'll be we're like economically you know disadvantaged right now, so we'll be saying that for reparations, having a Black agenda for Black African-American adults in this country, you know, we will be pushing and fighting for that, you know, those rights for us.
0: Uh, Well, that's going to conclude this interview. And I just definitely thank you for uh, coming today and, um, you know, sharing, uh, sharing with us the wisdom that you have to offer.